Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes. And it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Get Real program tonight with Coach Menachem Bernfeld. And um, tonight we are Zoycha to be by Sheer 107. Rabbi Taub has uh, been here multiple times already. So that's a good sign, Rabbi Taub, right? As Rabbi Wawa says when he comes on, right? Once a guy gets to comes on once, he doesn't speak anymore. So if he comes back, it's a good sign. And we love when Rabbi Taub comes. Baruch Hashem, thank you for coming. So let's get into it. Again, we start off every week thanking for everybody for uh, coming and uh, helping this platform, the Sichas Chaverim, grow. It's all a grassroots movement of people that are here to grow and to, to mechazek each other. Everybody posts posts on their WhatsApp statuses. People email to the chaverim, to their friends, to their families. So please get the word out. And you know, like I say, not every share is negated to every single person, but uh, a lot of people can gain from a lot. So it's good to you know post it. You never know what's negated to anybody. If anybody wants to join the to WhatsApp me every Sunday, I send out the flyer to everybody. Um, you can WhatsApp me at eight four eight. 525-0066. Again, that's 848-525-0066. You can go to menachembernfeld.com if you want to sign up to get the weekly emails with the flyers, with the replays, and all the information that we speak about on the Shear. Sometimes uh, different things that come on. So uh, Menachem puts it all on the email. So go to menachembernfeld.com to sign up for that. For all the people that are watching the replay of this on YouTube, please click on the like button and the subscribe button. So every Monday morning, 2.30 in the morning, 2.35, Menachem uploads the shear, and you get a ding, and you get to watch every shear. Um, again, I want to first of all thank all the advertising sponsors that uh, promoted us on all the digital platforms, Lakewood Scoop here in Lakewood, Robin Yanif Chazak, Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central, um, Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network, and Mika Sofer from COL Live for promoting this uh, tonight's shear. We really appreciate that. The, OK, the Coach Menachem Show is collaborating with OK Clarity to bring greater health and wellness to the Jewish community around the globe. If you want to join their WhatsApp, their number is 917-426-1495. OK Clarity is the online platform for mental health support to Jewish community. OKClarity.com, you'll find the best therapists, coaches, nutritionists, and engagement forms. Menachem, when he sends out the email, their, all their information will be there. And for, again, for anybody who's here for the first time, after 107 Shiram, well, at least at least you made it now, right? <laughs> better, better late than ever, but uh, it's every Sunday night at 930 um, Eastern time and it's live and it's recorded and please join us. We have tremendous uh, speakers. We have Rabbanim, therapists, the best of the best. Next Sunday, we have a very, very interesting share. It's interesting how the whole share came about, but next Sunday, June 3rd, we have an amazing share with Rabbi Yosef Shapiro. He's a rabbi from Georgia, young guy. He's a Talmud of Rabbi Berkowitz, from Israel. His topic is, he just wrote a book about it and he's starting to speak all over. In it together, growth through challenge, infertility, suffering, challenge, hope, encouragement, and support. He had a whole infertility issue and he went through tremendous challenges and he speaks about his personal story. And um, I didn't personally hear it. I wanted to be surprised live on the show next week. So the people that did hear it said he was unbelievable. So um, it said it's for everybody. Obviously, if somebody's going for, through infertility issues, it's for sure Nagea. But even through any, any types of challenges, the way he went about it and his mahalach, it seemed like it was a tremendous thing. So uh, please join us. It's, uh, it should be an amazing share. 
the following week after that, it's not confirmed yet, we're middle confirming it, July 10th, Rabbi Breidowitz from Eshat Torah live. So uh, hopefully uh, this week we'll uh, confirm everything. That should be an amazing share as well. Tonight we have the schus in honor of having Rabbi Shays Taub, world famous speaker, and uh, we'll get into him in a minute. I'm going to put him on the side. Nashem, tonight should be a, an, an evening of chizik, and it should be inspiring, and we should take a lot out of it and grow together. And uh, we're going to start our first with Coach Menachem Bernfeld. Coach Menachem Bernfeld, what are we doing here tonight? Zog, <laughs> open it up. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I want to welcome everyone to share number 107. And uh, thank you, everyone, for sending in the emails. And the truth is, tonight is a heavy topic. It's, it has a, a long title. And I think everybody was focused on something else. So basically, the title was A Cure for Toxic Parenting, Understanding the Difference of Kibbutz Aim and Parental Entitlement, and How to Stop the Cycle. But again, usually, you know, we come here tonight for, um, for physic, and hopefully we'll have that tonight too. But we have to remember, tonight is a heavy topic, and it could get sticky. It, it's, it's heavy, and I'm aware uh, from the emails and, and all the information that's coming in that it is a painful topic. So even before, you know, there are people that are suffering. So I do want to thank you all for sending in the emails and all the concerns and the questions that came in. And it's almost not possible when we're discussing such a topic, not possible to not be stepping on people's toes. Every, every story has two sides to the story. And each side are good, good stories. So whichever way, whenever we're gonna be talking about A, it's gonna be hard for B to hear it. And when we talk about B, it's hard for A to hear it. So we just have to keep that in mind. And again, we're here to learn, to come with an open mind. Any time we discuss chinuch, parenting, talking about teachers in the classroom, or parents at home, there's always two ways to look at it. You can look up and you can look down. It's always, some people are like, oh, that's what my teacher did to me. Or that's what my, my, my mother, that's my father. Or we can look down and see if I'm a teacher, what can I do different for my students? What can I do different for my kids? So, we, we know already from all these programs, whenever we go, when we want other people to change, it's, it's like, it can be very hard. You're gonna to try to do everything you can for others to change. But we're here to learn every individual for ourselves. I'm here for myself and I can look, what can I do? What could I do to make things, to learn, makes things a little bit easier to, to figure things out instead of, looking out and seeing what's going on around me in the world. So that's a very important, anytime we talk about parenting or chinuch. But before we start, I just want to mention, you know, we're sitting here in the program, we need to create a safe place where we're going to bring on, you know, we try to bring on topics that have to come onto the table, sometimes not so easy, but to be able to not to blame and it's, it's not possible for me to, to say not to feel guilt. These things are going to come up. 
But to be aware when we feel blame and guilt, just be aware of what comes up while we discuss it. And most important to sit here with compassion an open mind and to see what are the small steps that we can do to change. So we have the honor with, to have with us Rabbi Tao, Rabbi Shays Tao, which deals with this a lot. And especially now with his course, he has a lot of positive feedback of, of many that took the course and said that it you know, saved wherever they are, whether it's in parenting or in which we'll hear about the course later. So my tefillah is to Hashem that we should be able to sit here with an open mind, with compassion, and to see what we can take to help those in our, those who we deal with, whether it's a teacher in a classroom or a parent, and emits Hashem with that small changes, we can slowly change the cycle emits Hashem. Beautiful opening. Um, tonight, chair, we're going to learn for a few different things. First, we're going to do for Fushlema, for a friend of ours, Sarabas Yeta Liba, should be a Fushlema for her. And it's my wife's grandparents' yard site. Um, her grandmother, her grandfather, who was next there a few years ago, Zeb Ben Francis, and his wife, my wife's grandmother, next Sunday is her yard site. But we're going to learn tonight, chair. It's going to be such a chizik for Claudius Israel, for Leah Bas Moshe, and Mashem, all the thousands of people that are going to listen to this, should be a schuss for them. Rabbi Tal, your camera looks great. I like this as much better. Can I just lay down a few things before we get started, Rabbi Tal? Yeah, let's uh, hear the ground can, rules. Can I, can, I, can I do a little pre-opening? Yeah. So before we start tonight's share, tonight's share, when we sent it out, we got a tremendous amount of feedback. And, you know, there's obviously, it's a very sensitive topic because there's, there's a lot of cases where the parents are disconnected from the kids. Sometimes the kids disconnect from the parents, the parents disconnect from the kids. And we discussed a little bit with Rabbi Tal before the share. So tonight we're trying to all gain from tonight's share. Um, to help us parent better, to help our children. That's the goal of the share, basically. So that's when I clarify it. We're getting a tremendous amount. Even now I'm getting texts and, you know, everybody had, there's a lot of stories. There's protections. Oh, I just got a text just to give you an example. You know, my parents were so horrible to me. They did such terrible things. Why is there even discussion? They're just horrible, finished. And we understand that. And Rabbi Tab will get, you know, will definitely lay the ground rules of what we're trying to accomplish tonight and what we want to get out of tonight. Um, and Shem, we did discuss Rabbi Tal about doing a follow-up share. We want to do a share for people that really, you know, are dealing with those particular parents. We're talking about older that are alienated. We are going to do a Shem down the road, a follow-up share with Rabbi Tal to get into the, the crux of that type of stuff. So we're not, we're not, you know, discrediting it, but it's not really tonight's topic. Tonight's topic is how to, to really, the, the title was how to stop the cycle and how to, for us to parent better and help ourselves. And uh, I'm gonna give the give it over to Rabbi Tal, but then I'm gonna explain about Rabbi Tal's also parenting course, which we'll get into that in a minute. But Rabbi Tal, I'm gonna read your bio, and I want you to let you lay out first the rules, what we're here tonight for, and the opening as long as you need. Let's make it happen. Rabbi Shays Tal is a world-renowned teacher, speaker, and author on topics of Jewish spirituality, and is an application to our day and the application to our daily lives. He's the director of the town, Torah website, Soul Words, Soul Words. Dot org and a scholar in residence of Chabad of five towns. And Rabbi Tal, you have a much bigger bio than that, but I will not read it because I don't want to take away from the from the mile of tonight's year. I don't want to take away a second. So Rabbi Tal, take it away. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Rabasha. Um, it's an, an honor to be back. And uh, thank you for setting the ground rules because as you correctly said, 
This is a very emotional topic. It's a very serious topic. And we need to, I think, for the sake of being productive, we need to focus. So tonight, our intention, Hashem should help us to fulfill that intention, is to be mechazic parents. Parents who may be aware or may have some sense that there's a better way to parent. And who among us couldn't parent better? I want to tell you, I have this parenting course, which I've taught dozens of times now. Over a thousand parents have taken this course. Every time, and I teach a separate track for the men and for the women, even when I'm teaching the course, the six-week course, there's a women's class and there's a men's class. So I deliver these classes over and over and over again. And I want to tell you something. Every time I give the same course, it's the same material every time, but every time I give the course, I become a better, a better parent. Why? Because <laughs> that's just the nature of this monumental task that Hashem has entrusted us parents with. It's just this larger-than-life responsibility of taking care of these lives, these little people who uh, we've, we've been entrusted with, so we can always be better at parenting. And that's what I want to focus on tonight. I want to focus on encouraging, uplifting, and giving some some guidance, actual practical guidance to parents out there who want to parent better. I understand that there are other parties who are affected by this topic. And I want to say for full disclosure, what we're not going to get into tonight, just because to try to get into it wouldn't do it justice. It needs to be, it's it needs to really be a subject, a whole share unto itself. And that is, let me tell you what I don't want to get into tonight. If you are an adult child of parents who you are you are struggling in your relationship with your with your parents, um, if it's all right, I don't want to talk about that tonight. And if you're questioning what is Kibbutz aim and what are your obligations, how do you deal with a difficult parent, that's worthy of an entire discussion unto itself. I don't want to get into that night tonight. Also. If you are a parent of a child who thinks that you are the difficult parent and has cut off from you or has minimized top, uh, uh, contact, or if you're alienated or estranged, I don't want to get into that either tonight. That also deserves a sheer unto itself. But I want to focus on, and, and it's because simply because I feel like this is where we can have the most impact and this is where we can be the most productive is to speak to the vast majority of parents who are just, they're not in a super dysfunctional situation, but they just want to do things a little bit better. So if it's all right, we're not going to talk about the other, um, the other parties and the other scenarios that are also affected by this topic. And uh, God willing, if, if it's deemed worthy, we can do a, a whole share just on that, on that subject. Um, so let's talk about parenting. Parenting is, uh, it's a big job. Like I said before, <laughs> It's, uh, it's no joke. 
um, Hashem has entrusted us <clears throat> with a massive responsibility of taking care of these little people who are not really little people. They're really neshamas. They're timeless, eternal beings from another world who are stopping through this physical plane. <laughs> when you think about it like that, it's like, well, too much, right? Too intense. But that's really what it is if you think about it. And, and you as the parent, as the mother, as the father, you're the one who's going to be responsible to sort of help this neshama land in Elam Hazeh, in the physical world, and give them their first few years of formative experiences, which are really going to set them up for life. So I want to talk tonight about how as parents, and specifically as Jewish parents, we can do right by our children. We can give our children the best opportunity, the best chance at going on and living a successful life, which is really, after all, what's the whole goal here? What do we really want? We want our children to be happy. We want them to be successful, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, in every way, we want our children to have good lives. That, that's the real goal. And sometimes our agenda gets clouded because we're human and we have an ego and we look for personal payoff and we start looking for what parenting can do for us. You know, we start looking for the, uh, the validation, the nachas, that I want to feel a certain way because of the way that my children look or behave or are seen. But all of us, I really do believe all of us really know in our heart of hearts that that's not what it's about. That's not why we became parents. We didn't become parents in order to, for the money, the fame, and the glory. <laughs> Trust me, if that's what you are after, there are much better ways of getting covered than to become a parent, okay? We became parents because it's a mitzvah, and the mitzvah is take care of these people and Give them the best possible start in life so that they can go on in life and, and, and achieve something. And if you believe there's an Abish there and there's a Torah and that the world was created for a purpose, that is part and parcel. What does that mean? A child that goes on to achieve something. It means they achieve their shlichas in life. They achieve the purpose for which their neshama came to the world. And it's our job to facilitate that. So how do we do this? I'm going to tell you the occupational hazard. <laughs> of every parent. And that is, there's this confusing thing called kibbod avayim. Kibbod avayim is confusing. You know, I often find that uh, when I'm discussing a topic with people, it doesn't matter what the topic is, that the biggest impediment to internalizing the message is when somebody takes the topic and applies it to somebody else. <laughs> so if it's a Shalom Bias class, let's say, you know, it's the husband who listens to the Shalom, Shalom Bias class, and at the end he says, you know who needs to hear this? My wife. <laughs> right, of course, my wife. Um, Kibbutz aim is your child's obligation. That's between them and Hashem. Kibbutz <laughs> Avayim is a mitzvah that's between you, between, between your child and, and, and their creator. Okay? But as far as us as parents, 
what is our relationship to Kibbutz Ovaim? I understand. There's a very real obligation. It's a real mitzvah. It's a real thing. Kibbutz Ovaim is no joke. It's no joke. It's not only one of the Tayag mitzvahs. It's one of the Sedesedibris. It's a real thing. But that's your child's mitzvah. We're not going to do ourselves any good looking into other people's obligations. Let's talk about what we can do. Let's talk about our obligations, our responsibilities as parents. So here's what I want to tell you. And really, if I could sum up my whole point in one sentence, it would be Amayim Chazal. Of a a father who forgoes the honor that's due to him, and it is most certainly due to him. It's a mitzvah. And yet, a father who forgoes the honor that is due to him, the honor is released. The child does not have to, the child is not accountable, is not obligated to give that honor. This is a Gemara, a Gemara in Kedushin, but it's also Halach. It's brought in Rabbam, Mishnah Torah, Mamrim. The Rabbam spells it out very clearly. He says both sides of it. He says, Even though we were ordered, we were commanded to do all of these things. But all, what are all these things? All the chiyuvim that he outlines in, in the Perek that a child has to do for a father or a mother. Nevertheless, it is forbidden on the parent to make the, the yoke excessively heavy and to be meticulous, to be demanding about the honor that's due to them. That they shouldn't, the parent shouldn't bring the child to a stumbling block. Ella rather says the Rabbim, Yimchol, he should forgive, he should fargin, Yesalim, he should ignore, Sha'av, Shamachol, Al Kavede, Kvede, Machol, a father who forgoes the honor due to him, it works. And of course, this is brought in Shochan and Yeredea, and Simon Reishmem, where it talks about Kibbutz Aim. It says again, the Lashon, Osser, Osser lo Odem lahachbid ulay albanov. It's forbidden to put a heavy yoke on your child. Same thing with the Ramam says. So is Kibbut Alveim a real thing? Of course it's a real thing. Was Hashem serious when he said, thou shalt honor your mother and father? Of course. But you as a parent have to be very careful when you play that card. Not to chas and bring your child to a michshol, to stumble chas I'll tell you a very powerful vort from the Agra de Kala, the Siddisha Sefer from, uh, from the Dinever of Ebtzvi Elimelech. So he says over there, an incredible explanation about how tshuva works. He says something very interesting. He says, Hashem made laws. Hashem was serious about his laws. And then in the end, he lets you off the hook. 
So he says, It looks like his laws aren't serious. If he meant it, why did he, if he didn't, if he, if he meant it, why didn't he enforce it? Why did he let you off the hook? So the Agra the Kala explains like this. He says that the Ebishtas doch have in a Malkane. Mitzad the Ebishta als Melech. We know the din. Gemara in Ksuba says, Melech Shamochel al Kvede, ain't Kvede Mochel. Sorry, nothing I can do. My hands are tied. I'm a Melech. I can't forgive you. However, the Agra de Kala says, like the Gemara in Kedushin says, of So the fact that you are the Jewish people are called Hashem's children. Ah, so then he could be Michael and Tshuva can work. So the entire concept of tshuva, the entire concept that we can be imperfect children of Hashem and it won't condemn us, it won't doom us. The fact that we can come back from our, from our mistakes is why? Because the Abish there is a tate, and what power does a tate have? He can be Michael. And this is the din. And not only he can be Michael, but also it is forbidden to be excessively heavy and to be medactic bichved. So that, that's the premise here, based on Chazal and Rambam and Shulchanot. And we see that this is how G'dayli Yisrael were mechanich their own children. I think that there's a lot of concern that a lot of people have, but rightfully so, rightfully so, that secular ideas, non-Jewish ideas, foreign ideas have infiltrated our community and tainted some of the purity of our ideas about everything in life, including parenting. And I think it's a valid concern. It's a very valid concern. And I, I hear people who are worried, what is this, this new thing that you, you have to be nice to your kids? That's not how our parents were. They weren't nice to us. <laughs> what is this you have, to, you have to stand on your, you have to demand your honor. What, what is this newfangled thing? This is, a, this is, a, this is a, a foreign thing. This is a secular thing. So I want to assure you, the idea of being gentle, compassionate, forgiving, flexible, and Dafka not standing on that trump card you have of Kibbutz aim is totally, authentically Jewish. It's not some new thing. It's not some liberal thing. This is authentic Judaism. And it's healthy and it's good and it's nurturing and it makes our children strong in every way, including in their Yiddishkeit. I'll tell you something. The Chofetz Chaim. What kind of a father was the Chofetz Chaim? Whoever thought about the Chofetz Chaim as a father? Well, I'll tell you. Chofetz Chaim had children. His Bechoyer was named Rabbi Yisrael. His name, uh, no, the Chavetz Chaim was Yisrael, was named Rabbi Arya Leib. And he was a Rav. Actually, in Raden, he was a Rav after the Chavetz Chaim. And he put together a Sefer called Michtove 
Bala Chofetz Chaim. And in this Sefer, Rabbi Ayaleib, the son of the Chofetz Chaim, says how his father parented them. And he says, our father treated us like brothers. Now imagine you'd hear that today, that somebody says, my father, he treats us like a brother. You'd say, what kind of secular, what kind of modern ideas, what kind of, what kind of self-help books is this guy reading? But this is the Chofetz Chaim. The son says, our father treated us like brothers. He said he never spoke harshly to us. Everything was with Chiba, with Ava. Benachas, gently. This is, this is how daily Yisrael mechanech their children. There was, a, there was a father in Yerushalayim who went to Rav Shlem Zalman Eurebach, Zatzal. And he told Rav Shlem Zalman that his son is uh, not behaving. He's not successful in learning. He's not listening. And therefore, he wants to do this and this and this and this and this. And he gave him a whole outline how he's going to whip his son into shape. Shlom Zaman hears this, doesn't say a word. He writes on a piece of paper, hands it to the guy. What does it say in the paper? You are hereby released from your obligation to be mechanich this child. In other words, you want to come to him with a heavy hand? Forget it. You're off the hook. The father reads this, and he doubles down on it. And he says, but I have, I have to whip him into shape, and I have to get him to listen, and we're going to have to pressure him, we're going to have to give him consequences, whatever words he used. Shlomo Zalman took back the paper, crossed out whatever he had written. He wrote a new sentence on it, pushes it back. The guy gets the paper, picks it up. What does it say? You are hereby forbidden from educating your child. Because if this is how you think education is going to be, like the Rambam says, and like the, like the Shulchan Aruch says, it's a michshul. You're setting your child up to fail. By the, the, the Lashon there is michshul. Rav Gershon Edelstein, the, the Rosh Yeshiva, Panovich Yeshiva, he called it Lifnaiva. He says that parents who are excessively hard on their child, it's lifnaiva. You know what Rav Eliashev said when a parent asked him about, we know with a child, Chazal say that, yataka, you mean mikarevis, the ikar should be to be mikarev, you mean means the right hand, the strong hand, but there's also a concept of small deche. What, what's with the Smoldeche? You know what Aliashev said? Smoldeche is Pam Beshivim Shonim. Once in 70 years. It's a language from Chazal. They describe uh, how often the capital punishment should actually be used by Bezdin. Obviously, there's a, there's a heckish there. There's a, uh, there's a comparison. Just because legally you have the power and the authority to do something, doesn't mean that it's something that should be done frequently. Rabbi Yashav Zatzal said, it's Moldecha with a child, 
is pam b'shivim shona. It's once in seventy years. So is there such a concept? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once in seventy years. This is how G'dayle Yisrael are mechanich their children and how they ask us to be mechanich our children. So my message right now, and then we'll get to a bunch of questions that came in. We'll discuss this. We'll dialogue. I love to mix it up. I love to, to hear your questions and interact. But this is my message to you. Don't be afraid to be kind and loving and tolerant and non-judgmental. Don't be afraid that you're being modern or secular <laughs> or you're selling out or you're inauthentic. I don't know how it became this way. I'm not a historian. I can't tell you when there was a shift, but I can tell you that Torah tells us that even though a parent has this trump card called Kibbutz Aim, be so careful when you use it. Instead, what should you do? Treat your children with love, with compassion. And let me explain something. I'm not chas v'shalom saying, and therefore give up on being mechanech them. Chas v'shalom. I'm actually saying quite the opposite. I'm not saying take it easy on your kid and give up on being mechanechim. Chas v'shalom. I'm saying quite the opposite. I'm saying take it easy on your kid in order that you can be mechanechim. In order that you can be mechanechim. Rav Gamliel Shlita says that uh, the best way to have hashpa on your child is through chiba, is through ava. So bottom line, what do you want? You want the honor or you want to accomplish the goal, which is to set your kid up to be successful as a yid, as a person, socially, mentally, emotionally, in every single way, spiritually. What's the goal? To get the honor or that your child should grow up to be strong and confident and to be able to, 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 to be a naive of the Hashem and an Elech Hayid and to be happy in life and successful and be happily married and to raise happy children of their own? That's the goal. And in order to accomplish the goal, we need to do it with love. So when I say, take it easy, stop with the Kibbutz Alvaim every second, lighten up, love, connect, have a relationship, have a bond, empathy. It's not to, God forbid, give up your opportunity to be mechanech, your child. It's the exact opposite. This is the way to have a hashpa on your child and to teach them the right values, to teach them what matters in life, to give them life skills so they can go on and succeed. So I want to give everyone permission tonight I want to give you holy Jews a permission right here, permission slip. The Kibbutz Aim card, you could whip it out. In case of emergency, break glass, whatever the emergency is, I'm not even sure what would constitute an emergency. But in all other cases, you want to know how to have real parental power. And this is what I do with all the parents who take my course. And they'll tell you, ask them if they feel taking my course made them less powerful in their home or more powerful in their home. You ask them, over a thousand parents, ask them if they got less hashpa in their home on their children or more hashpa in their home on their children. What we need to do, and this is what I want to give everyone permission to do, is 
love your kids, connect to your kids, empathize with them, be compassionate, validate. And in this, you will see that your power as their primary teacher in life is going to flourish. It's going to blossom. And they're going to be asking you for advice. And they're going to be asking you for, to tell them, to guide them what's right and what's wrong. And they'll be looking more to you for guidance than to their friends. But the bottom line is people don't care what you know until they know that you care. I wish it weren't true. But people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's how children work. When they feel the bond, when they feel the love, when they feel accepted. And we're not just talking about the kids who are so far off at the crisis situations where there's nothing left to do. And we throw up our hands. We say, there's nothing, there's nothing left to do but love them. I'm talking about the good kids. Well, all kids are good kids. I'm talking about the kids who are currently successful in the system. I'm talking about the kids who are in yeshiva and they're doing well. We can be loving with them, too. We can be compassionate with them, too. And we don't have to stand on this dubious honor called kibbutz of the aim, which really, in many cases, is parental entitlement. I would not want one parent to make a mistake and think that they were doing the right thing. They were doing the holy thing. They were doing the Jewish thing and standing on that and, in, 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 and demanding that, that COVID and in so doing, forfeit the relationship with their child, forfeit the hashpah they have on their child, forfeit the, the holy obligation they have to actually raise this child and educate this child. So here's what I'm saying. Let's be mechanech children like the Torah and G'dayli Yisrael through the Deirais have done with love, with empathy, with compassion, to be mekadev. And we're going to see Hatzlacha in our, in our parenting with, with, with Hashem's help. Beautiful. Okay. Let's get into it tonight. Again, everybody's here. Anybody has questions, please text uh, on the chat over here to Asher Parnas. A lot of questions go first. Zoycha to have Rabbi Tab over here tonight with us, who's, who wants to have the questions, who wants to clarify these points, and especially when we're dealing with, uh, you know, different angles, how to take that, what he really just said. Um, let's do the poll now, and then we'll talk about your parenting course, and then we'll get into the questions, okay? Sure. Let's do that, okay. Two interesting poll, two interesting questions. Here we go. First question. Are you parenting your child the exact same way that you were parented? Yes. No, try not to, but it looks like I am. Or the opposite way, I wish I could be as good as they were, but I'm not able to. So again, either yes, no, trying to, but but it looks like I am copying, you know, their negative ways. Or I wish I could be as good as they are. Um, the second question. Do you think that poor parenting has an effect on children later in the life? Or do you think that people exaggerate this as an excuse for their own problems? Three possible answers. Yes, absolutely. It affects them more than people could even imagine. Two, partially, but generally people exaggerated them for excuses. Or three, the way you parent has not, not affected them in the long run. Answer those two questions. It's anonymous, you want to get a feeling from somebody, it's from the crowd. And uh, while people um, do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Rabbi Chase Taub's parenting class for a minute. It's still all vote. So Rabbi Tal was doing this parent class for a long time. He has over a thousand plus parents that, that, that are doing this. You can go to soulwords.org slash parenting. 
he's giving for everybody in the Let's Get Real program for the next few days, um, 10% discount on the program. Let's Get Real 10. I think there's a discount if the husband and wife do it together, Rabbi Tav. Is that correct? There's uh, well, there's a few discounts. There's a discount if the if the pair if both parents do it, but I think uh, there's a special coupon code for you guys. Right. So get real ten, and, and it's stackable. Stackable. Stack them all on. And yeah. If you go to a certain website. I learned that term from my friend Dan Elif. <laughs> Dan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dan's deal. So um, you go to Dan's deal. So find that that Rabbi Tab owes you money for the parenting course. We'll use some coupon code. <laughs> Um, so, uh, also that's separate for men and separate for women. And the reason for that is because there's a little different mahalka between parenting men and women. And also the biggest mile of the whole thing, what I'm hearing from people mm-hmm. is that there's a WhatsApp chat that all the participants, um, as they start implementing some of the skills, they, they text and Rabbi Tab is on those chats. So there's, that's why there's also one for men and one for women. So it's supposed to be an unbelievable thing. I, I don't think it's so expensive. Um, it's definitely something that, uh, if anybody wants to better their parenting should definitely join. And with that, Intermission, we'll go back to the poll. Okay, Rabbi Taub, here we go. You ready? Gonna yeah. share the poll with everybody. I'm very curious, by the way. Like, I actually don't, a lot of times you make a poll and you're like, you know what it's going to be. I actually don't know what it's going to be. Are you parenting your children the exact same way you were parented? Only 5% of people say yes. Wow. 70%, the number one answer by far is no. They're not parenting. And I, this goes into a part that I heard once and I say it and people love it. They always say that the grandparents and the grandkids have the best relationship because why? Let's say the grandfather was a gavir, the son spent the money, and now the anical has to earn it back. So they have, you know, whatever, it goes in the same thing. But it's always like that. You always skip a generation. So that's why, you know, we don't parent like our parents. No, you know? And then their kids say, no, we don't. So they parent like the Zaydas. 18% trying not to look, trying not to, but it looks like I am parenting like my parents. And only 7%, I wish I could be as good as they were. So by far, 70% of people here tonight do not believe that they're parenting like their parents, whether for good or bad. Do no. you think that poor parenting has an effect on children later in their life? Or do you think that people exaggerate this as an excuse for their own problems? Okay, by far, 85% of the people say yes, absolutely affects them more than people can imagine. So everybody here tonight believes that how you parent your children is definitely gonna affect them in the long run by far. Only 50% say partially, but generally exaggerated for excuses. And 1%, probably somebody clicked it by mistake, it doesn't affect them at all. So probably that was like, you know, a typo. No. <laughs> Robert Tab, what do you say to these results? I'm, uh, I'm surprised that so many people said, no, they're not parenting like their parents. Um, that's interesting. I'd like to find out more about that. You know, is it, is it by design that they're not doing it or it just worked out that way? And uh, I was surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised with the second question that so many people understand that uh, childhood and the way people are parented, parented during childhood really does have a huge effect on them. That's good. I'm actually pleasantly surprised that 85% of people realize that. Yeah, pretty. Listen, you have to realize people that come to the shir, growing people, they they heard enough shir, they know that how important it is. Let's start off with a live question. And um, I have a lot of questions that came in. Again, live goes first, but let's start off with a few live. I have a few. We'll jump into it. Okay, you're on first. Hi, Rabbi Tab. Thank you so much. I wanted to know for those of us whose children are grown, and we didn't have this wonderful consciousness that you are describing. Some of us thought that our job was to be more of a, a mashkiach on our children. Some of us might have been parented with shame, and we just didn't have pro- proper role modeling. Some of us might have even been 
children of, of Holocaust survivors, we, people who did not have those skills and clearly made mistakes and now realize it. What about our children who are now grown? Are there things that we can put into motion to make things better? Thank you. Okay. That's, that's a wonderful question. And it's a question that uh, shows a lot of wisdom, uh, as well as humility and willingness to, to grow. So I just want to unpack the question a little bit. You know, I've got people who know me know that I enjoy questions more than answers. The answer is like a bonus, but the questions are, the real geschmack is the question. Um, yeah, you mentioned something in there about maybe you parented your children with too much gvoda because that's how you were parented. And you also mentioned that maybe you were, your parents were Holocaust survivors. <clears throat> um, I think we, we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that a lot of times um, we parent with the tools that we were given by our parents, who in turn are parented us with the tools that were given to them. And that's why I think it's really, really important to be compassionate and non-judgmental about parenting. Um, my goodness, the Jewish people, we've been through so much. It's like, you, 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 you got to just give credit to everyone for doing their best. And uh, I, again, I said at the beginning of this year, I don't want to talk about parents who are estranged from their children or alienated from their children. That's, that's a discussion for another, another time. But if I would address that for just 10 seconds, I would say, you know, even in the most dysfunctional situation, I'm not saying what the course of action should be, contact, no contact, minimal contact. I, I want to stay out of that discussion because I can't do it justice right now. But in any situation, even the most dysfunctional situation, there has to be a, a certain degree of compassion. You know, parents just did their best with what was given to them by parents who were doing their best with what was given to them. Okay. And so that's, that's one thing I want to address regard with, from your question. Now, regarding the main part of your question, which was, you know, what can we do? Or is there anything that can be done at this juncture? Our children are grown, maybe they're married, maybe they have their own families. So I want to tell you something. First of all, I'll tell you in the over 1000 parents that I have had in my parenting course, people ask me this a lot. Well, what age parents is this for? These are not tips and tricks. These are timeless truths. This is from Torah. So really, these are spiritual ideas. They're eternal. And therefore, they apply at all ages. So I've had parents in my parenting course, whose oldest children are toddlers. And I've had parents whose youngest were grown and out of the house. And they've all experienced growth through the, the tools that we, that we learn how to use in the, in, in the course. So I've had, I've definitely had parents whose children are adults and who've had incredible breakthroughs in the relationships with those children. Um, think about it like this. Think about a child who's now grown, they're an adult and they don't have a good relationship with their parent. And then, God forbid, their parent passes away. And they have so much conflict 
there's there are so many unresolved feelings because they have this parent that they didn't really there's no closure right the, it wasn't a good relationship and if you speak to such people i'm telling you without exception and i've spoken to dozens of such people what they will tell you after their parent passes leoleno is that they would give anything to have the chance just to make some type of closure, just to have their parent back in this world for a minute, just to try to bring some type of resolution. And this is what I want you to think about. A child, no matter how old they become, no matter how far they've gone from their, from their, from their upbringing, and no matter how much of a life that they made for themselves, a child is still a child, and they still crave that parental bond. And if they don't have it, and now they can't have it, that door is closed because the parent passed away. They want that more than anything in the world. They would. I had a guy tell me that he would give a million dollars. A guy had a terrible relationship with his father. In fact, he went out and became a gvir because he had had to prove to his father that he wasn't worthless. And the guy told me, I have a million dollars in the bank. I would give a million dollars to be able to have a two-minute conversation with my, my father and to get closure, okay? So think about it like that. No matter how grown they are, no matter how much it seems like that they have their own life, or maybe even they got over it, they moved on, they moved on without you. A child never gets over it, for better or for worse, but a child never gets over it. Your child, your adult child wants closure. They want resolution to that relationship more than anything. So if you can give that to them, you're giving them a treasure. You're giving them a treasure. And that treasure that you're giving them is not only the the, the nafesh and the peace of mind, but actually what you're giving them is the ability to parent their own children, your grandchildren, on a whole new level. So what I'm telling you is, even if it looks like your child has grown up and you barely have a relationship, or sometimes I've even dealt with parents where there's no contact and they don't have any relationship, and love is powerful. Compassion is powerful. Start to build the bridges of love and compassion especially if you felt that the way that you parented them during their childhood may have been colored by your own misunderstanding of what the relationship was and that there was a certain attitude of entitlement on your part and you realize you regret that show up for your child now it doesn't matter how old they are doesn't matter what juncture in life they're they're at doesn't matter how successful they are show up in their life totally selflessly totally lovingly and just offer them parental love and i promise you they will want to accept it now sometimes they've been burned they don't want to be made a fool of they don't want to get their heart broken they don't want to get disappointed they don't want to go down that road again so we have to win back their trust but you can win back their trust just like we lose someone's trust through repeated behaviors we can regain their trust through repeated behaviors. If our motives are sincere, if our motives are clean, we can rebuild that bond. But I just want to add one more thing. This is sort of like an expert level 
concept here, a little bit abstract, but uh, I think it needs to be said. You have to really go to it from a selfless place. And by selfless, what I mean is, and I believe as a parent, we have a God-given ability, a superhuman ability. The Ebishter gives us certain koyach to do this. It's not a normal thing, but we can do it because the Ebishter gives a certain power to a parent. I believe you can do this and you will do this. You go to your child with no agenda of your own, with nothing for you at all to be gained, not even, not even your own peace of mind. In other words, sometimes the parent of the adult child comes along, shows up in his life, and tries to rebuild the relationship, but the underlying motivation is the parent is, is just racked with guilt, and I need my child's forgiveness to get over the guilt. Then it's not going to work, because now you're just trying to take again from your child. That's where the problem came from, was the entitlement and the taking from the child. So now you're showing up in their life again, trying to take from them. This time, what are you trying to take from them? I want your forgiveness. <laughs> I want the resolution so I can sleep. No, no, it's not so I can sleep. It's so you, my dear child, so you can sleep. I'm showing up like a real father, like a real mother. You know what a real father, what a real mother is? Mesiris Nafish. I got in trouble first time I was on this show. I said that marriage is Mesiris Nafish, and everybody, everybody got upset. I'm going to say it again, though. Parenting is Mesiris Nafish. I'll tell you, by the way, there's, there's a Sefer, Halakach Vahalibov, from, uh, from uh, Rav Avram Shor Shlita, who's the son of, uh, of Gedalia Shor Zatzal. And he says over there that the main objective of Chinuch is habonim, ho'ava hagdeila, that the children should feel the intense love that the parents have to their children. And that they, the parents, are ready the parents are ready to give up everything they have for their child's sake. Now, I want to ask you, what parent Teva, it's just instinct. What parent, what healthy parent, isn't ready to be mafker everything for our children? We'll do anything for our children. We'll give up everything. They able to implant that a certain nature and a father and a mother to be ready to be mafker everything for our children. So here's the good news. Show up with that spirit of, of selfless, altruistic giving. Show up in your adult child's life and say, and, and not only say, but really convey through your, through, you give off energy. You can't, you can't lie to people. You, you, people can feel, you, people, people can feel your energy. Show up in their life. I'm not here to get anything from you, not even to get from you the peace of mind to resolve my own guilt about whatever parenting mistakes I made. I'm here, my child, for you to give you peace of mind. I'm ready to be mafker everything. I'm, I'm here as a selfless parent and I'm really, really ready to give you everything. And I promise you, I've seen it, it works and it is so healing. Rabbi Dad, let's get into some questions over here that are like very practical, like hands-on. Probably a lot of people can relate to this. My relationship with my child who's 18 is very strange and they avoid me. 
I did everything for them, and now I don't have a relationship with them. What can I do to rebuild a relationship with my teenage slash going into adulthood? Okay. So I hear that. And, and I don't have this person to talk to, so I can't ask them more questions. But they say, I did everything. What, what is it? I did everything. Can you read it again? I did everything for them. I did everything for them. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I want to tell you. Um, I'm sure that the person who's writing this question did. I'm sure that they did. But that's not all that parenting is about. Sometimes we as parents, we think about the practical stuff. And the practical stuff is very, very, very important. It's essential. A child who doesn't have food to eat, God forbid, can't learn, can't grow, can't function. A child who doesn't have clothing, clean clothing, nice clothing, have a bed to sleep in, uh, <laughs> some privacy, a drawer to put their stuff. Um, uh, a child who doesn't have uh, the toys to play with. Obviously, there's, there's a parental duty to provide for our children in the practical sense, food, clothing, shelter, whatever it is. I think, though, sometimes we, we forget that in addition to that, in addition, and it's, it, parenting is hard. No, no question. It is hard. In addition to providing all that, there's also the relationship. There's the, the parental bond. So sometimes a parent says, I did everything for my child, and they did. But what they mean is I provided for them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I gave them me. I gave them a bond to me. And, and my proof of that would be look at your relationship with your child and tell me, are they bonded to you? And I'm not faulting anyone. I'm not blaming anyone. It's, it's very hard, especially how old were the kids in that question? They were teenagers, right? Teenagers in that question? Hmm? 18. 18. That's, that's very hard. Very, remember, teenagers are very funny. They're not children anymore, but they're not adults. They're not independent, but they're not really totally dependent. And the goal of being a teenager is to get to adulthood and to become self-sufficient and to become independent. But as they're learning the skill, it's like when a toddler is learning how to walk, they're very clumsy. They fall. So a teenager is learning how to adult. They're learning how to be independent, how to do things on their own. They don't know how to do it gracefully yet. So sometimes the skill of becoming autonomous, becoming a, an adult, they're, they're learning it and there's a learning curve. They do it in a clumsy way. They do it in an awkward way. And what they do is totally unnecessarily, but they do, and it's very common for teenagers, in a quest to try to separate themselves from the family and get their own identity, which is a good thing, which is a totally good thing and a necessary thing, but they do it in an unhealthy way or in an awkward way because it's a new skill for them that they haven't mastered. And uh, they end up sort of pushing the parents away, putting up an emotional wall. So what I'm saying is it is definitely challenging, but it can definitely be done. And you can make yourself an emotional resource 
a trusted confidant in your teenager's life. It sounds impossible, too good to be true. I'm telling you, you can do it. If you establish yourself as trustworthy, if you establish yourself as non-judgmental. You know, I heard one time somebody say, I think this just, this is Gavaldic, that when my kid grows up and he gets in trouble, because it's bound to happen, he's going to get in trouble somehow. I don't want him to say, oh no, my dad's going to kill me. I want him to say, oh no, I better call my dad. This kind of trust is gold. It's worth more than gold, but it's earned. Yes, you did everything for your children. Yes, you provided everything. I'm sure that you gave them the best education and you gave them trips and you gave them fun. And, and I'm sure you gave them everything. Now give them you. Give them you. Give them a relationship with you. Show them that you are trustworthy. Show them that they can tell you anything. Show them that when they need something, that they should better come to you than to their friends. Because I want to tell you something. Ultimately, what's parenting? It's about transmitting our values to our children. Like I said before, be nice to them, not because, God forbid, we're giving up on being mechanich them, but because being nice to them is precisely how to be mechanich them. Because what does it mean to be mechanich them? It means to give them values, to teach them right from wrong. So, and I told you, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So you want your child to be able to be macabre from you. You want them to get their values from you, their moral compass from you. So why should they get, why should they take your values more than their friend's values? Teenager wants to take their friend's values more than their parents' values, generally speaking. Why? Because they think their friends understand them more than their parents. My friends understand me. I want to tell you something, though, with a lot of work and a lot of empathy and a lot of good listening. You know, I heard somebody say a lot of times we think a child needs a good talking to, but what he really needs is a good listening to. <laughs> with empathy, with validation, non-judgmental listening, you can establish yourself, even in a teenager's life, as the person that they want to go to for support, and therefore, as the person whose values they are going to incorporate into their life. Let's listen, little kids, you can force them to do stuff they don't want to do. But ultimately, the goal of Chinuch is to download into the child their own moral compass. That without anyone telling them what to do, without anyone watching them, they know right from wrong based on what you taught them. Why, why are they going to receive it from you? Why are they going to receive your moral compass? And my answer to you is because you establish yourself repeatedly through repeated behavior, repeated patterns of behavior as the most reliable person in their life, the most trustworthy person in their life. And I want to also clarify another thing. People get nervous and they think that I'm saying, well, you should be the cool parent. You know, you should, your kids should think you're cool. Your kids are never going to think you're cool. <laughs> Trust my kids don't think I'm cool. <laughs> okay. My kids don't think, they, they don't need to think I'm cool. But you know what? They need to think I'm trustworthy. That's non-negotiable. My kids don't need to think I'm cool, but they need to think I'm trustworthy. And we establish trustworthiness through repeated behavior. 
by being there for someone non-judgmentally, compassionately, with validation. And you can do it, and you will do it. And I've seen hundreds of parents do it. The Ebishter gives kayach. I have a question for, for a person that doesn't have a healthy relationship and listening now, and they want to turn around the ship. What would be that one thing, one idea, something that you can give them that they should start there? So you're saying I should picture a parent who's sitting out there and they're like, okay, I hear it. I think maybe the relationship with my children is not the way that I want it to be. Like, I'm believing this guy. I believe, okay, fine. I'm going to go with his whole premise, but what am I supposed to do now? Like, okay, I'm, I'm decider. I'm inspired, but what do you want me to do? Okay. So I'll, I'll give you an exercise, which is really kind of like a two-step process. There's a, there's a story, Lev Yitzhak Badechever said that I learned Avas Yisrael from two Shekerim. He said he was in a Kretschmer. In the old days, the Kretschmer was like, that was the center. That was everything. A lot of Yidin had inns, taverns. That was because they couldn't uh, have other businesses. So they would rent from the Puritz and they would manage a a tavern so it was the bar where the local uh drunks would drink but it was also a place where you get uh water and hay for your horses and it was a place where travelers would stop at any rate it was like a, a center of things so Rav was in the tavern in the Kretschma, and he happens to overhear two drunks and uh, they're loud drunks and one of them is screaming at the other i love you i love you, you know some drunks are fighting drunks some are like sloppy lovey drunks so he's screaming at his friend i love you i love you and his friends start screaming back him no you don't love me you don't love me no i love you no you don't love me and they're going back and forth like this uh, is listening to this he says he hears one says you don't love me if you loved me then you would know what hurts me so the Bedechevah says, from this I learned what does it mean to love somebody? You can do nice things for them. Say nice things. But real love means that you know what hurts them. So I would ask you a question. When you're up at night, when you're up at three in the morning worrying about whatever you worry about, <laughs> you know what keeps you up at night worried. Think about each of your children. What keeps them up at night? It's a real question. Whether your child is six years old or 16 years old or 40 years old. Do you know this is your baby? They're always going to be your baby. What are they worried about? What hurts them? What, what are they nervous about? They're going into the summer right now. What, what, what are they anxious about? What are they working out in their head right now? Now, some parents will answer, I know, I know exactly what my kid's going through. Some of us will say, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, great. So I told you this is a two-step answer. Step one is to realize I love my child, but do I, do I really? I mean, have I achieved what I want to achieve? The level of love that I really could achieve? I don't know what hurts them. So now, step two. Step two is not, I repeat, not to go to your kid and say, what hurts you? <laughs> Nudnik. <laughs> no. 
Step two is to think to yourself, who do you know in your life who knows that stuff about you? And what did they have to do in order to be put in that position where they found that stuff out, either because you told them or they just know you so well that they figured it out? Is it a spouse? Some of us are zeichel, it's a spouse. Others, it's a best friend, Some, it's a mashpia. A rav that you're very close to. Well, whoever it is, there's a person who knows you. Hopefully there's a person who knows. Be that person in your child's life because I want to tell you something. Right now, and I don't like to scare people, and I don't mean it to scare you, but right now, if you're not that person, that trusted person in your child's life, that person that your child can open up with, then there's only two other possibilities. And I don't know which one is worse. Either they have no one to open up to. They're alone, like really alone. Because they have no one to talk to. That's one possibility. Or the other possibility is they found somebody else to trust and to reveal all of the deepest recesses of their hearts too. And you don't know who that person is and you don't get to pick. And you better just pray that whoever that person is, that your child trusts is a moral person and a good person. But what I want to do, if I could accomplish anything tonight, is to empower parents to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm starting now. It might not happen tonight. I just heard a share tonight. It's not going to happen like that. But starting tonight, I want to be that person for my child. I want to be that person. So it's not a simple thing. I can't give you like a, a checklist. People take my course, realize we don't have like, do this, do this, do this. These are, these are concepts and you have to, and that's why we have the WhatsApp group between classes to interact and to ask questions and check in with each other so we could figure out in each case how to apply these big ideas. But you'll figure it out. If, if you know what to look for, you'll see opportunities. In other words, when you see your child, instead of reacting to them in ways that maybe right now we're sort of by default, we react to them where we think to ourselves, well, are they doing what we told them to do? Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Stop and say, you know what? <laughs> That's not the question right now. I, my, I just saw my child. Does my child feel bonded to me? Does my child know that I'm a safe person? Does my child want to seek me out more than anyone else in the world? And that's a realistic goal. The Eivishter gives kayak to a parent. We can do this. We can do this. Please, don't blame the internet. It's not an excuse. Don't say, well, my child cares more about what strangers online say than what I say. Okay, so then we have our work cut out for us. But the Ebeshter gives kayach, and we can do this. We can do this. We can be this person for our children. So that's what I'd say. Coach Menachem, you're asking, what can somebody do right now? Start to look for opportunities for bonding. You will find opportunities everywhere. Your kid wants to take a ride with you to the store. Tati's going to the store. Who wants to come with? Take him to the store. 
Who wants to play catch, you know, throw a, be uh, a baseball back and forth? Who wants, by the way, some kids are funny. They bond. I have one kid like this, a black Gamora. <laughs> like they'll bond over Gamora Rashi Tesfis, some weird kids. Okay. And if they, and if you have a kid who will bond over Gamora Rashi Tesfis, ah, that's beautiful. But some kids, they bond over a walk in the park. Some kids, they bond. You have to take them on a trip, ah, horseback riding. I don't know what it is. Hot air balloon, whatever it is, but you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out and you'll establish yourself through repeated behavior as the person that they want to seek out. And then I want to tell you the beauty of it. You'll be mechanich them almost effortlessly. Almost effortlessly. The only effort it will really take is for you to make sure you're clear about your values so that you can transmit those values to your child. Beautiful. Okay, Rabbi Tao, um, let's go to live question. You're on. Thank you, Rabbi Tao, for the specific advice. Um, I have two questions, one general and one more specific. Um, the general question is, how do we um, unlearn the habits of the parenting that we were parenting with, parented with, um, when we know better, but naturally fall into those ruts. Um, that's my first question. The second mm -hmm. question is more specifically um, about a child of mine. Um, I have a 10-year-old child who is a very sweet, compassionate, sensitive child, but at the same time is extremely impulsive and will do like crazy out-of-control things when anything, when anything, um, you know, he loses it about like on every little thing. And he'll, he'll like even like run around with a knife when he gets angry at people. Um, he'll pick fights, he'll curse. Like at home, at school, like he's completely out of control. He had therapy, nothing, is, nothing has seemed to, to be helping. Question, is there, is there anything specific that we can do as parents to turn around such out of control behavior? Um, so there was the, before you asked the specific question, you asked, you asked a, a general question. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was the general question again? I forgot because I was focusing on the specific question. Yeah. That when we naturally fall into all right, unlearning. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. So you asked about unlearning um, habits. We know yeah. better. Yeah. We have yeah. information. We have yeah. the tools. Yet we, uh, you know, our habits are. Yeah. Learned. Yeah. So, I'll tell you one thing about my course. Uh, this sounds like a constant advertisement, but I do believe in the course because I have over a thousand parents who say that their home is happier and their children are happy and they're happier. Um, one of the things that we're very big on is this is not about memorizing tips and tricks that you're going to forget a minute later anyway, or you memorize a certain chess move. I call it a chess move. Uh, and then your child does something unpredictable. And it's like, oh, then all the planning's out the window. This is more about big ideas and uh, very lofty ideas. A lot of them are, are extremely spiritual ideas. Um, I think that the unlearning is aided by replacing it with big truths. In other words, 
the habits that you picked up from your parents. And by the way, I just want to add, there's some habits we picked up from our parents, which are great. and We don't want to lose. So let's make sure that we, 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 we clarify that, but let's say the, the undesirable parenting habits that we picked up from our, from our parents. Um, you can be self-aware and say, well, I don't want to do that, but what do I do instead? And to tell you a specific behavior, well, don't do this, do that. I'm not a proponent of that kind of approach. I, I feel like it just takes a lot of memorization and, and, and it never really works out in real life the way that you prepared for it. My approach is let's learn big ideas, big truths that are always true. And, and, and we, by the way, we do a lot of meditation. I know that might sound funny, but in the, in the course, every class from the six weeks has a guided meditation that accompanies the class. And that's because each class has a big idea. And from that class, you're supposed to internalize the big idea. And each big idea is like a shift in thinking about parenting in a different way. And in order to do that, you need to meditate. Meditation is not like sit on the floor and breathe and relax. That's not, <laughs> it's not Jewish meditation. What, what we're doing is we're taking ideas and we're focusing on the idea until I'm not going to go to a whole class about Hamakas Adas and being my Ludmidais. We can do that. We can have a Tanya share another time. But uh, the point is that you focus on something until it becomes integrated. So what, what I'd say to you is unlearning undesirable, undesirable behaviors or undesirable habits is half of it. But then what do you replace it with? And the answer is, what do you replace it with? You can't just try to memorize different ways of doing things. Don't do that, do that. What you need to replace it with is a whole new way of thinking. And when you change your way of thinking, then you will intuitively identify parenting choices that are more in line with your values. So it's not an easy fix. It's not like, don't do this, do that memorize this new behavior, memorize this new sentence to say, <laughs> it's not so easy. What it is, is we go deep and we change the way we're looking at things. But once you do that, a remarkable thing happens. And once you have the, the perspective, you will see, you will identify the appropriate parenting choice in a given situation with a given child. And I should add that you can't memorize these things anyway, because I'll tell you something with one kid, the appropriate response can vary from one moment to another moment, depending on so many different factors. And surely it'll vary from one kid to another kid. Do you parent all your children identically? I hope not, because every child is different, has their own strengths, their own challenges, their own needs. They're all and, and they're at different junctures of their development, some faster, some slower. So memorizing behaviors is, is rarely useful. What's much more powerful is learning a whole new way of looking at parenting. And, and, and then you become, it almost becomes like uh, instinctual, like almost automatic, where you get into a state where this is the goal I always say with my parents to take my course is I want to get you to that place, or at least I want you to have moments where you're in that place where beautiful parenting is just flowing through you. It's coming from on high and it's just flowing straight through you and you're barely conscious of it. So that's the answer to the first question about unlearning 
old ways. Now, regarding your specific question about your, did you say that was your son? I think you said it was your son. And I don't yeah. think you mentioned how old he is. Did, yeah, did you mention his 10 year old boy? He's very sweet and he's also very impulsive. And those two things can go together. It's not a contradiction. I know sometimes people say he's so sweet, but he's a, he's a terror. No, no, no. <laughs> I like to use it impulsive, by the way, because it's a non judgmental word. It's not a negative word. It's just, it's a description. Impulsive. Okay. Yeah. Um, that itself was very admirable that you described it that way. And by the way, sweet and impulsive can very much go hand in hand. You know, chesed, you want to get Kabbalistic, is, is kindness, but it's also expansion. Sometimes chesed is called gdula, like Hashem So gdula means bigness, expansion, and his uh, pashtos. So sometimes you could have a person who's very sweet, and if it comes out in a pleasant way, so that's lucky for everyone around him. But then also, sometimes it comes out in ways that are unpleasant because there's not the the the, the gvura, the self-containment. Gvura is self-containment. So he doesn't have so much self-containment. He has more of the 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 air instead of the clay. I'm getting really kabbalistic. Um, here's here's what I would say. It is entirely possible. You said that you've brought him to to therapists in the past. And it's entirely possible that um, to work on this issue, you're going to continue to need professional help. But I want to clarify something because I think this is something a lot of parents struggle with. Um, what is the role or to what degree do we need to involve professionals in, in, in parenting our children? And here's what I want to tell you. It's not a black and white answer. Rarely in life is there a black and white answer. It's a nuanced answer. Can we handle this on our own or do we need a professional? And the answer is usually yes. <laughs> which one? Yes to which? Both, both. But let me explain to you the both. I've seen plenty of parents who go and get the best professional, the best therapy, the best tutor, the best whatever, to no avail. Because really, the power for the child to grow and to maximize their potential is mostly from the strength of the parental bond. When the child feels loved, safe, and secure with the parent, that's like the ripe soil in which the crop can grow. So. Yeah, sometimes we need professional help. Especially you're, you're talking about a situation like this where it sounds like, you know, behavioral issues that may, he may need some type of help with, with, uh, with, with, with regulating his, his emotions. But here's what I want to tell you. That whatever professional help he may need, it will only succeed based on the foundation of the safety, the security, the strength of the parental bond. So can we just love our children through every issue? If my child needs speech therapy, can I just love them through it? No, I get a speech therapist. But what I'm telling you is the success of that therapy, of that professional help, 
is going to only be magnified and amplified by the strength that they feel in the parental bond and the relationship with me. So what I would say is continue to look for the right professional help. If it's not this person, it's another person. At the end of the day, these are just emissaries. These are just vessels that Hashem sends into our lives. And focus on one thing. One thing's for sure. This beautiful, sweet child who's impulsive and who, <clears throat> who gets angry so easily. And he gets so angry, right? He gets, you're saying he gets so angry, he grabs a knife. He, he's, he's full of rage. Yeah, he's angry. Why is he so angry? Is, he, is it true that he, he's overwhelmed? He's a sweet child, yeah? You yeah. with me still? Yeah, yes, I am. And, and, and he feels things very deeply, yeah? Correct. He feels things in very sensitive child. Very sensitive child. And everything to him is magnified. So a sound, somebody chewing in the next room, could all of a, it could sound to him like a, like a bullhorn in his ear. Or the tag in his shirt. Or whatever it is. He has sensorial issues? Or what, what, what's he, tell me some of the things he's sensitive to. Um, he's actually not um, sens sensitive to sensory. He's actually more sensory-seeking in a way. Um, mm -hmm. He's sensitive more to like relationships, to like the vibes people give off, to relation, you know, like. So somebody up. looks at him funny and he blows up. Right. He'll pick up on like what mood people are in. He's more sensitive to the energy they give off. Right. So somebody says, excuse me, young man, stand over there. And he'll come to you and say, that Meshuggah came and screamed at me. Yeah. He'll say, no way. And I'll use some four letter word. Right. Okay. <laughs> So we're talking about a very sensitive child. He's an antenna. He's feeling everything intensely. Um, by the way, these are the children who grow up to be so indispensable to the rest of us because the person who feels things deeply, it's not fun to be the person who feels things so deeply, especially when you're a child, you're inexperienced in being in this world and you don't know yet how to modulate the intensity of all the stimuli. But when he will learn how to manage this, a child with this type of sensitivity, I mean, think about it. a kid who can pick up, a kid who reads emotional energy so clearly because to him it's amplified a hundred times louder. I mean, think about all the good that he can do when he grows up, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be like the therapist who can read a guy in 30 seconds, right? So the goal is, though, just getting him through this, this, this journey called childhood where He's, he's really struggling with the intensity of how acutely he feels things. So, again, he may need professional help to help to regulate his emotions. But one thing for sure is going to help him in this journey is the stability of your relationship with him. And I want to add something. Since he is profoundly spiritually sensitive... I mean, I call it spiritual because he reads things that are not necessarily physical. He reads the, the energy. I don't want to sound too, uh, you know, uh, new age over here. But uh, because he has that profound sensitivity, he also is reading you like a book. 
and he knows how you feel about him. And it's hard for him to know that he's a source of frustration or fear for you. And that's a tall order. How, how can you get over your frustration and your fear? Because it's going to be really important for him that he feels peace coming from you. And you can't fake it because he, he's psychic. <laughs> I, I'm going to use those words. I don't mean literally, but I'm saying he, he, he reads, he reads, you know. He, so here's what I'm going to tell you. You're a religious Jew. Yes, I am. You believe in God? Yes, I do. Okay. And your relationship with Hashem is the center of your life? I try to make it. <laughs> Ideally? Yeah. So this little boy's needs to have a rock-solid mother who's totally emotionally at peace, even when he is going mad from trying to regulate the intensity of the over overstimulus that need that little boy has is going to drive you to a new level of Amunah and Betachan. He has already. You've already become closer to Hashem because you've had to for this boy. Yeah. And he's going to, yeah. And he's going to take I, you I, higher. Go, go I, ahead. As the truth is, I'm, I, I feel like I'm more connected to this child than to my other children. I feel mm -hmm. like I have a very strong bond with him. Um, but I'm not always emotionally at peace with whatever's going on in life. So I guess maybe that's what he's picking up on. Meaning it's not my bond with him per se. It's my own. Mm. Oh, you're saying thing? there's other things that are stressing you. Correct. Okay. So here's the eight. So you go to soulwords.org and you go to the Sharabit Tochen Shir. And there's 46 classes. We go through the whole Sharabit Tochen from Chavis Olavavis. And you go watch it on double speed because the guy teaching the class tends to rant. And <laughs> you learn Shara Betochen. And, and, and that's what you do. That's to be a mommy. To be a mommy, you need Shara Betochen because this little boy is feeling your energy. So which one do I do? Shara Betochen or the parenting course? Shara Betochen. That, okay. That's your parenting course. Well. And it's free. <laughs> we have there's a lot more questions I want to get to. We can move on. Can we go to the next one? Sure. Okay. You're on. Huh? Yep. Hello? That's me? Yes. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Thank you for uh, all the good words. Uh, I would like to, to, to touch uh, a thing that I, I, I think it's Negaya uh, for a lot of parents. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, uh, you know, a bunch of our uh, uh, our generation parents. We never had this kind of experience with our parents, and we never had parents that we felt that we could uh, trust. And therefore, when we started parenting, as as uh, uh, and I, I, I want to cross over to a, to a different thing. And we started being so good to our children and they almost feel like they could do whatever they want with with us because we completely gave ourselves over to them in a, in, in a way that sometimes it's even 
they don't even feel like that we are the parents and they are the children because they're just like we want to run away from we want to be so good and we just overly overly giving ourselves over so how do we keep that balance between giving so much to the children and then still being a parent that they should feel that they could that they could um, rely on us okay so i hear your question but you know Rav Avram Shoshlita says that the Ikonakud of Chinuch is that our children are margish, that we're ready to be mafkir everything for them. So I don't think the problem is that they feel that we're ready to give too much. I don't think that's really the problem. So, but, but let's talk about then what it is. What you're describing a phenomenon and you're interpreting. The, a possible cause of the phenomenon, you're suggesting that perhaps if they feel that we're ready to give them everything. I'm saying that Alpitaira, a parent who's ready to give everything to their child, to be mafka everything for their child, is actually a good thing. So then if something's not working here, then what is it? If it's not that, then tell me what it is. So I'll suggest to you another interpretation. Actually, it's interesting. Um, it was, I think, last night, Mitzvah Shabbos, on the Meaningful Minute, my friend uh, Reb Nachi Gordon sent out a Meaningful Minute of uh, something. I, I stopped by his office here in Five Towns, and he had a camera guy. So he said, sit down there. So I just rattled off a bunch of stuff that I, that I happen to believe in and that the stuff that I live with. And then it ended up being a clip last night that they put on the Meaningful Minute. I think it's still on there. So uh, I, I said that sometimes people are people pleasers. I'm, I'm going to tell you how this connects to parenting, if you bear with me. I said, sometimes people are people pleasers. And they realize all they're doing is just trying to constantly get people to, to like them. So they, they can't say no. And then they wake up and they realize, what am I, a codependent? I, I got I to gotta have a backbone here. And then so they say, I have to be a jerk for my recovery. My recovery is... I have to be a jerk. That's it. No more, no, no more Mr. Nice Guy. But the misunderstanding they're having is that actually they didn't get burnt out from giving too much. They got burnt out from taking. Hear me out. And the meaningful minute, I said it in a minute. <laughs> uh, now it's taking a little longer. Achi has that effect on me. He gets it to, down to 60 seconds. Um, they didn't get burnt out from the giving, they get burnt out from the taking. And what I mean is sometimes we're giving, but we're not really giving. We're, we're taking in a sneaky way. We're trying to get the person to give us a reaction. We're trying to get the person to do something because of the way that we're behaving. The word for that actually is manipulative. We're manipulating. Whether we're trying to get validation and we're trying to get uh, approval or we're trying to get them to, to, to listen to us, but whatever it is, it's manipulative because we're not really giving, we're trading. <laughs> it's, it's emotional barter. I give you this, now give me this, now pay up. You didn't pay up. That's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to halt Hejbin and to get from everything, from everyone, everything that they owe you. Because what you did for them wasn't really for fun and for free. It wasn't really altruistic. It was really, now you owe me. And that's exhausting. 
when we learn how to give, really give without any strings attached, we don't get burnt out from giving. Here's what I'm going to suggest to you now, going back to parenting. I think where the giving goes wrong is when we're giving as parents, but in the back of our minds, we're keeping track of the fact, well, I gave you all of this. Now you owe me. Sometimes you owe me my nachas. I did all this for you. Now give me some nachas. Or sometimes some parents even were very emotionally weak, but it happens. I did all these, these things for you. Now I want you to like me. Give me approval. The parent actually wants approval from their child, which is absolutely toxic. Because what's happening, they're reversing the entire parent-child dynamic. Instead of being a giver who's ready to be mafker everything, now they're trying to take from their child. They're trying to schlep emotional energy toward them from the child. And that's where it goes wrong. If we would give and truly give selflessly, like Halakach Ve'alibov says, like Avram Shoshlita says, to be mafker everything for them, then we'd be matzliach. But when we start to get into emotional barter, where we're trading our niceness for their approval, what happens is, yeah, we do tack a week in ourselves in their eyes. What kind of message is that sending? That I'm trying to get you to like me, right? Real people pleaser. I'm trying to get my kid to like me. See, this is what I want to understand. I want you to understand. And it, it sounds like such a subtle difference, but it's, it's, it's the two worlds apart. There's being nice to your kid in order to get something from them. Remember I spoke about earlier, the, the mother who said, what if your kids are adults already? I said, if you go to your child to get that resolution, it's not for your peace of mind so you can sleep. It's for your child's peace of mind so they can sleep. And you do it totally selflessly. You do it to give to them. Okay, so here's what I'm telling you. If you're nice to your kids because you think by being nice to them, they owe you good behavior, you're going to be sorely disappointed and you're going to cheapen yourself in their eyes because they're going to see how emotionally needy you are. But if you're good to them because you love them and you want them to have everything good and you want them to feel safe and you want them to feel secure so that they can relax and trust you, then they will automatically receive from you. They will get their values and their moral compass from you. So it's a little bit counterintuitive, but the parent who gives with a cheshbon, manipulatively, makes themselves cheap, makes themselves weak, and is actually taking from their child. The parent who gives in a strong way, in a, in a needless way. I'm the adult here. I'm the one, the Ebshter gave me the koich to take care of you, to be mafker everything for you. You don't take care of me. I take care of you. I'm the adult here. I'm your mommy. I'm your tati. I will take care of you not just materially, but emotionally and selflessly and without any expectation of anything. You don't owe me anything, even nachas, for everything I give you. I'm telling you, that kind of strength, that kind of strength, that wins the child's respect. And that gets the child to feel secure with you and to be macabre from you. So the giving isn't the problem. It's when we're giving, but we're not really giving. But if we would really give, to be ready to be mafker everything in a strong way, in a selfless way, that's only going to be successful.
And we have to try it. And when, when, it's, when it's not successful, we have to be humble enough to ask ourselves, is there still a cheshben? Is there still a shalei l'shma attached to my giving? And if you say, well, this is too lofty. I can't handle this. No problem. You can go back to the way you've been parenting. But I'm offering you another approach. Is it spiritually demanding? Is it lofty? Yeah, but I got to tell you something, my friends. What did you neshama come to this world for other than spiritual growth? other than to get closer to Hashem than you were in Gan Eden. If you're not going to get closer to Hashem down here than you were in Gan Eden, then why did you leave Gan Eden? Why did you have to come down here? We came down here that through Nisiyanis, we grow and become closer to Hashem. And what, what kind of Nisiyanis are we talking about? Okay, I mean, one big area is parenting. Like I said to that mother a few minutes ago, that child is forcing her to grow closer to Hashem. And really, that's the truth. All of our children are forcing us to grow closer to Hashem. And we're going to have to learn how to really give, to give like a strong adult where we give selflessly. And if we can give selflessly, or even, you don't have to, it's not all or nothing. It's not like I have to only give selflessly for now on. But try to do one thing selflessly. You will see. You will see the Hatzlacha. You will see how it nourishes your child's soul. You will see that it doesn't cheapen you in their eyes and it doesn't weaken your relationship with them. It only strengthens it. I think to, to clarify, a lot of people are, are asking the question that we always ask by parenting. If, if I have to give Mesidus Nefesh for my child, is it okay to say no? Mm. How, <sighs> how does that work? If you're saying, you know, be there for them, give them what sometimes could sound like, do whatever they want, let them do whatever they want. But I think this is really to clarify. Well, I want to just jump on one phrase you used, which is a phrase often you hear. You said, let them do whatever they want. Uh, that's a big misconception. We're not talking about letting them do whatever they want. See, sometimes parents say, I'm very close with my kids. I let them do whatever. <laughs> that's not called closeness. That's actually the opposite. That's neglect. Real Mesidus Nefesh. Right. Real Mesidus Nefesh. I don't even see my kids. I don't even know what they do. They can do whatever they want. Right. No. Mesidus Nefesh is where there's a bond, where there's a connection, where we give our children everything, and ultimately we give them ourselves. So what we're talking about here is not... I'm going to spoil my kid. I'm going to buy him the new gadget, throw it in the room, and then slam the door and run away. <laughs> if you do buy him the new gadget, then you sit down with him and play the gadget with him, whatever it is. You see, you see this a lot of times. Parents are like, well, I, I, I tried being nice to my kid. What did you do? Uh, you wanted a video game. I bought him a video game. Okay, and then what did you do with it? I gave it to him. <laughs> okay, I guess, you know, the parents trying, they're trying to do something, but let's say there's a kid that that's the only thing he's into. The only thing that's his language, video games. Okay. So if that's what you have, that's the only language he speaks, then don't give him the video game and then leave the room. Give him the video game and sit down with him. Ask him to explain it to you, play the game with him. I told you before, I have a kid who, if you say, let's sit down, learn Gemara Rashi Tesfis. So that's bonding. Okay. If you have a kid who wants to sit and he wants to learn Torah and that's bonding, beautiful. That's the best thing. But giving isn't permissiveness and giving isn't throwing stuff at them and then abandoning them. Giving is 
making yourself more present in their life. Remember, the whole point here is I want to be their person. I don't want them looking for emotional attachment and emotional stability from somebody else and then picking up that person's values. I want them looking for that from me. So you can ask yourself in every single case, whenever I'm providing for my child, whatever it is, is it in a way of giving them something and then leaving? Or is it in a way of building a bridge where I am more their person, I'm more present, I'm more their source of security? Now, people have different needs. Somebody whose material needs are not being met may not be ready to look for their emotional needs to be met. So sometimes you have to start off with very basic things like food, the international universal language. But then a child has food. Okay, so then you bought him the nash. Don't stop there. Now sit with him. Hang out, talk. When we give, giving isn't just throwing stuff at them. Giving is making ourselves more and more a presence in their lives. Don't come and, 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 and bemoan the fact the world is so big today. And then Amal and the Altaheim was a small little shtetl. Where could the kid run? <laughs> okay, yeah, take it. It's true. And today there's a big world and there's a lot of places for them to go. So make yourself that emotionally compelling that they're going to keep coming back to you because they know that you are their safe person. You are their trusted person. You are their stable person. Again, they don't have to like you. They don't have to think you're cool. They have to trust you. They have to know you're safe. They have to know that when they need stability, this is the one word I want you to know. They come to you because you are stability. And I want to just add one more thing because I haven't mentioned it yet. And I don't know how much longer we have tonight. I, I feel like at some point they're going to tell me to wrap it up. There's another really big reason why you have to offer stability to your child. And uh, I wish parents knew this. I wish they understood this. The secular world has found, I was told this by secular professionals in the world of psychology. They told me this, that we find that people who have a religion or a, a, a God concept are limited in their God concept by the experiences they had with their parents. And that doesn't mean whatever your parent taught you about Hashem, that's your, your concept of Hashem. No, it actually means however your relationship was with your parents, meaning if your parents were unreliable, then there's something embedded deep where it becomes almost impossible to find Hashem reliable. And I've seen this time and time and time again. I've seen it with people who are Talmide Chachom and B'nai Torah, who know everything it says, and all the Sifre Mosan, all the Sifre Chsidis, and Chekira, and Machshav, and, and they can explain it all to me so deep. And then bottom line, their God concept is limited by whatever it is they thought of their parents. So I, I had one guy tell me, a very prestigious young man, he said to me, uh, this is a guy, I'm a chaber svarim. And he says to me, I know Hashem loves all of us. 
I just can't believe he loves me. And I asked him, I said, what was your relationship with your father? He said, my father, I was never good enough for him. My father doesn't love me. So I, I, I want parents to hear this. If you're a religious Jew and you believe in Hashem and you want your children to believe in Hashem, I cannot, I cannot overemphasize. It would be impossible to overemphasize the degree to which the relationship you establish with your child will become a lifelong template in their mind for what they believe in Hashem. Not what they know about Hashem, what they can quote from books. Because you could say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But deep in my heart, no, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't feel it. What they will feel, what they will actually, in their heart of hearts, what they'll feel, really, largely, is based on the relationship with you. That's why I got to tell you, when we did the poll at the beginning of this year, and the second question was, do you think it's exaggerated how much effect that parenting has on a child's future? And Baruch Hashem, 85% of the people said, yeah, it has a huge effect. The thing I was thinking of, I didn't say it then, but the main thing I was thinking of, if only people knew, your relationship with your child is going to determine their lifelong relationship with the Rebbein Shalala. And if they believe that you are safe and you are compassionate and you are reliable and you are strong and you are good, they will be able to believe all of those things about Hashem. I just want to clarify. It means if somebody's parents weren't from, but they were stable and normal and healthy, when they become from... They could have that. It's nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. Gvaldic. Yes. Uh, that very, very great point you're making. Somebody who had parents, for whatever reason, they weren't from parents, but they were emotionally stable people. When that person becomes from, their God concept can be way ahead of the guy who was raised with, with all of the, the religious education, who didn't have support of normal parents. Yeah. Very great point. Do you do meditation to change that? If somebody grew up with an <sighs> concept in the course? Um, you know what, Coach Menachem? I think we have a new meditation now. Because I think it's, it's very idea. important. The question is how to change it. Yeah. Those yeah. It's a lot of deep rewiring. Rabbi Tab, a lot of people are texting, you know, I didn't have stable emotional parents. How can I get close oh, to Hashem? Okay, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll put it this way. If you had parents who made you feel safe, then you're way ahead of the game. You started off on third base. <laughs> but uh, it's a baseball metaphor for those who know sports. You started, you were born on third base. Then when you cross home plate, okay, you just came from third base. But uh, there's an expression that he, he was born on third base and he thinks he hit a triple. <laughs> so if you, were, if you were lucky enough to be raised by parents who are supportive and loving, so you definitely are ahead of the game. But I'll tell you something. And if you weren't, and if you recognize it, and if, and I want to stress this, if you can be compassionate toward your parents and understand, I'm going to repeat this again. They did their best. They did what they could do with what was given to them. 
The Jewish people have been through plenty of stuff. There are plenty of plausible explanations for why in your family, at some juncture, that love that we know that Jewish parents had for their children throughout the ages, how somehow that got interrupted and that got cut off or got disrupted in some way. Okay, so have a little bit of compassion. If your parents were not able to give you that love and that stability, okay, okay. But now you can make a choice that you're going to break that cycle. I think that was our subtitle coming into tonight. You're going to break that cycle and that the love and the compassion that Titus Emmis tells a parent they have, you have, you have it. You just have to reveal it. You're going to do it. I mean, that's, that's the point of tonight's share is to empower parents. This should really be <laughs> the most natural thing. And, and I think if you look within, if you're a believing person, if you're a spiritual person, you got to believe that these skills on a neshama level are intact. Maybe you have to unlearn some bad habits, okay? But your ability to selflessly love your child it's, it's, it's here, and we just got to bring it out. And your ability to feel like a beloved child of Hashem, also, it's here. Okay, so if you didn't have it from your, 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 your biological parent, you're going to have to work harder. But at least you know the work. At least you know what work to do. Thank God you're not just clueless, fumbling in the dark and perpetuating a cycle because you don't even know. We know, okay? So we have our work cut out for us. And... and with Hashem's help, we're gonna we're gonna succeed. Rabbi Tal, I want to just just can I do some Myra McClemens for my shear, my past year? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a little Myra Myra McClemens over here. So we had a shear. I just wanted to mention a few things as you were talking the whole time. I was just thinking we had somebody, Rabbi Ari Schoenfeld, who came on and he said a very good point. I think it's I want to reiterate it. Tell me if you know agree. His big point of his shear. He he did a program. Night say the Merrick, all the boys learned with him. It's a great Rabbi. He says his he said is is you get into what your children are into. Your children into baseball, you get into baseball. Your children, whatever they are into, they're into Lego. You sit on the floor, you do Lego. You do what they want. So his parents say, I'm not interested in that. Exactly. But you do what you want. That, so a lot of the questions are, how do I build that relationship? The relationship is, everybody knows what their kid is into. You could have no interest in it whatsoever, right? Not every person wants to play Barbie dolls. But if that's what they're into, you make a matzo out of that. That, that was one of my premise. Another thing I wanted to say is also, you know, Rabbi Russell, and I think you're touching on it. You, you touched on this with Rabbi Russell. But a big topic that obviously is coming up is the emotional neglect. So maybe we want to clarify what emotional neglect is, you know? The emotional neglect of when you could do everything for your kids and you could buy them and take them and drive them and do them, but you're not really, really there for them. So this is where, you know, you were trying to clarify before the whole concept of, oh, I bought my kids and I gave them the food and I gave them this. The emotional neglect part, which I got the Rabbi Russell promised to come back when he's finished speaking around the world now, but after that last year, but uh, about the emotional neglect, when people go through an emotional neglect, how they feel this tremendous void and how that affects them, assuming their parenting tremendously. And one last thing I just want to mention, another Myra Kaimas, called Menachem. Then you go, Menachem has a question for you. But then the last thing I wanted to say is that also, like, that's why we're here tonight, how to stop the cycle. Rabbi, um, Rabbi, um, whatever it was, no? Rabbi Kalish, he said it once a very good word. He says, Hakama says, right? It says when we say when we say by vidui, right? It says, why do we mention Avisenu You a person doesn't have a very says, Oh, you know why? Because my father, Ketana Navera. What Shaykh is your father? 
So his word was a great word, and I think you just said it right now, but it's, it's just so brilliant the way he said that. He said, Lamais, at the end of the day, most of our traits come from our father and our mother. But you cut them off, or you don't cut them off. At the end of the day, it's inherent in you. And he said, the reason why when we dive into Abishta, we know that we come with those traits. And we know that we can get a little bit of a, an easy pass or get a little bit of a Rahmanas because listen, this is where we come from. We come from a generation of the Holocaust. But at the end of the day, it's still your Christ. You can walk around with all the excuses, but at the end of the day, it's still your Christ. So those are the points I just want to mention. Every time. If you want to say anything, and then Menachem. Gvaldik. Gvaldik. After 107 shooting, you learned some stuff, huh? Epis is dark, you know? Here's, here's a question somebody sent in. Uh, my daughter just got married, and I'm very bothered. She really comes to my house for Shabbos, and she spends most of her time by her in-laws. Uh, I, I did explain to my daughter that I miss her and I wanted to spend more time, but doesn't seem to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the first thing I want to do is just, I want to acknowledge the pain that I hear there in that, in that email, that message. There's obviously a lot of pain there, that feeling of loss, maybe even of rejection. So I want to be very careful how I, how I say this. So your daughter, your married daughter, she likes to go, I don't know if she likes to, but apparently she goes to your, uh, to her in-laws, to the Mechatanim, uh, not to you. So, <laughs> um, this is how, I, I don't know, this sounds so harsh, but, you know, that's like, this is very harsh, but I'm just going to say it. It's like, Somebody saying, uh, well, I have a restaurant and uh, why do people go to the other guy's restaurant? They don't eat at my restaurant. Well, they like the other restaurant. There's apparently something that she's more comfortable by her in-laws than she is by apparently. I I could only guess. And uh, here's here's I'm going on very little information. Obviously, uh, I, I. it's hard to make assumptions here, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, it could be that what she's uncomfortable about coming to you is precisely how needy you are to have her come to you. And, and this is a vicious cycle because the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The in-laws, they see their, they see her and their son and the, the, the married couple. So they feel secure in the relationship. So they exude that security and then they're less pressuresome and they're, they put less guilt on them. Are you coming? No, are you coming? Because they feel secure. So then the rich get richer. You, you're insecure. Are you ever coming? When are you coming? And then she's picking up on that. And that's a turnoff. Now you could say, and you're not saying, Baruch Hashem, I give you a lot of credit that you're not saying, keep it all vain. And I'm going to call her and I'm going to tell her, I don't care if you like coming here. I don't care if you're miserable. It's keep it all vain. And I am pulling my keep it all vain trump card. And, and you could do that, by the way. And probably if you do it, halachically, she'll be stuck. Every time, can I just nature a little bit? Yeah. Keep that became card that I, you know, I remember always hearing from other people or I always heard it's like, 
If you don't do it, you're like, oh, like he's in it, like sort of God's going to smite you more than, right. oh, you know, so it's more like with a manipulation of, you're going to walk outside and that lightning rod is going to hit you. Right. Twice. Right. Right. You don't, don't think that Hashem even is not going to settle. Even Asa. <laughs> That's right. That's that's the real you know, manipulation. <laughs> it's worse than Asaph. Yeah. So, but what I'm telling you is, you can do that, and you're within your rights to do it. But it's counterproductive because what are you really doing? You're making yourself needy. You're making yourself pathetic. Um, ultimately, what are you doing? Like I said before, we're here to give everything to our children. If I can make anything clear tonight, it is this. We are here to give to our children, not to take anything from them. And I think intuitively every mother and father understands that. We're not here to get anything. Anything that we may get from our children is, is, is almost an accident. You know, the, the greatest thing we can get from them is that they're happy. Really, honestly, if you're a normal person, which most of us are. Now, can, I, can, I, can I just read this question? Somebody texted, can I just read this right now? Yeah. My question is how to deal with a child, an adult, that when you deal with someone that doesn't appreciate anything you've done for him. How to deal with a child who doesn't appreciate anything you've done for him. But this is similar to the question that the person said, I, I, I do everything, I've done everything. This is what you're saying now also is like, you're doing that almanas that he should have appreciation that you did so much for him. <laughs> right that itself it's like by the way not to open up a whole other subject but in my last time not last time last time i was here we talked about something else but two times before when i was on here and i spoke about marriage and about mrs nefesh and being selfless in your marriage so you know it's like it's like it's like the spouse who's like you know i was selfless i was totally selfless in my marriage and i got nothing out of it <laughs> right does the irony not Strike you, you know. That, that keeps on coming up when you're saying everything you're saying. I want to see people are addressing it. Is Lamaisa, aren't we concerned that when you're going to be giving and you're giving Almanas not to get back all the things you're saying, at the end of the day, you're going to spoil the children because they're going to feel everything's come to them. They're becoming very self-entitled and they don't have to say anything. They don't have to do anything. And mommy, tati, mommy, take me, drive me, bring me. Is there a concern about that? No. No, there's no concern about that. Um, you're giving them stability. Like I mentioned you, before, people are scared to say no. Are you saying no more no's? I don't think that's what you're saying. Well, you know, there are some times when you are going to say no, uh, not because you decide, well, I don't want my kid to just get what they want, so I'm going to say no. Some, some parents do that. Well, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to say no this time. Why? Why? If you're able to do something and it's why would you say no? But there are things that we do say no about. Things that we say no, either because practically speaking, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, it's not possible. Or things that I can't do it because it goes against our values. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Right. But other that, than that, why? The clarity. the clarity that people need is their values. And Correct. being able to have the balance, the, st the stability, that when they need to say no, it doesn't come from a negative place. It's, you know, this is this works, this doesn't work. And 
you know, when you're not afraid that saying no will make your child not like you, then you're going to be able to say no when you have to say no. We were talking about saying yes, but we could also talk about the saying no. I, I was saying before that when, you, when you're saying yes, when you're doing for them, it's not to get them to like you. You're not trying to get anything from them. You're just trying to take care of them totally selflessly. And the flip side of that coin is when you have to say no, you're not afraid. Oh, no, my child won't like me if I say no. <laughs> it's not the point. When I can do it for you, when it's good for you, I'm going to do it for you. When I can't do it or it's not good for you, then I can't do it for you. But either way, it, it's, it's not about uh, manipulation. It's not about barter. It's not about who owes whom. It's about I'm a parent. I'm here to take care of my child. And I'm going to do everything I can that's good for them. And uh, that's it. And I'm not going to worry that oh, oh, I'm being too good. Can you imagine somebody saying, like, honestly, Coach Menachem, what if somebody would say to you, you know, I, I'm afraid that I'm too good to my wife. I just think she's just really too used to me being a nice guy. I think next time she asks me for something, just to make sure that there's a balance in the relationship, I'm going to say no, even if I could do it. I mean, does it what would you say to such a guy? Like, They're throwing, even if I could do it. Some people would say, I can't let her do everything. Right, right. They blame it on that. Well, my hands are tied. What can I do? <laughs> yeah, they make up a, a shita from it. You know, a whole uh, becomes an ideology. The ideology is that parents are here to give everything to their children. If you're trying to get your child to like you, yeah, then you're going to spoil them. But if you're just trying to take care of them and make them feel safe and stable, nothing can go wrong. Check your own motives. Check your own motives. Perfect. There's, there's, there's two more live questions I want to get to, and then I have a bunch of other ones. So let's just try to hop around as much as we could. A little bit in, uh, I know it's not your forte, speed mode, but to the best of your ability. Is that okay? We're doing like rapid fire? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay, let's do it. Yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do it randomly. I'm just joking. Just, you know, just say yes or no, and then I'll tell you the question afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next live question, you're on. Hi. Hi. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for everything you shared tonight. Um, I just, I have a question. When, when we try to break this cycle, it's not so simple. It's not that we can make this decision. Okay, my parents did A and I'm going to do B. Usually we are very confused. And I guess like my question, when we are parenting while reparenting our inner child, we don't really know what's good. We don't, we're losing everything. We don't know if our values come from a good place, from trauma. Um, and we need to, learn everything from the beginning it just feels like okay how can i teach my kids now if i don't really know what i want for myself so what will you say have to be like the the basic when a person is in this place they don't really know themselves they're only figuring out their own trauma what should they, they focus right now with their kids 
to make sure these kids are going to be okay. Yeah. So, well, such an intelligently and sensitively phrased question. Um, and I'm, and I was just warned to answer quickly. <laughs> so I'm going to answer quickly and say like this, and I, and I hate the fact that again, that this sounds like an advertisement, but in the six week course, the parenting course, a lot of what we do, it feels like a bait and switch because people come in with the expectation, teach me a trick, how to get my kid to go to bed on time. And then really most of what we do is inner work, clarifying our own values, our own spirituality, our own relationship with Hashem. And the reason for that is precisely what you're, the point that you're making in your question, that we need to get this stuff clarified for ourselves in order to be able to parent our children. So that's a lot of the work that we do. And we have to, that's part of parenting. And like I told a couple of parents already, your child will force you to have a deeper relationship with Hashem. Yeah. Okay. That's the fast speed round, speed round. Yeah. Okay. One more live. And then I have one more question. I think we have to end off with the final question, but last live you're on. Hey, hi, thank you. Um, I had come up with this question earlier when we were learning about selflessness in parenting. So my question was, how does one balance parenting with selflessness with teaching a child to have confidence in their own abilities and to not rely on a parent for everything. And then I added, which in my experience can later lead to an adult wanting a spouse to do everything for them, like simple things as addressing a letter. Um, and I, I feel like you gave some clarity about making sure that you're doing what's good for them. But I wondered if you could offer more insight. That is super wow. clearly. That is such a great question question was we're doing and doing and doing for our children how do we balance that with the fact that we want them to be competent adults who know how to take care of themselves and if we just do everything for them they never learn those skills that was essentially your question yeah still there yeah thank you yeah okay so uh, i i don't want this to sound like an advertisement but in the six-week <laughs> course class number five is all about this art of giving space as much as the relationship is about giving don't forget one of the most important things to give your child is to give them space and that means to respect them enough to be able to fail to make mistakes and the art we talk about this in the course is to be able to watch them and monitor them and really to be on top of as an uh, as the adult in the room to figure out on a case by case basis on a child by child basis this particular thing is this something i'm comfortable with these stakes this risk am i comfortable with the child failing at this and you know it's interesting i i i started a summer column for ami magazine for the ami living magazine which i which came out this past shabbos i i used to write a column uh, an advice column a general advice column for eight years and i stopped that a couple years ago to focus on my my shoot online but uh, this summer i'm writing a, a parenting column just specifically on parenting in the ami living and the question this week was about similar to this about our children. When can we get involved in our children's lives? Like what, when is it considered mixing in? Um, and, and what I said is, look, 
with our children, we start giving them space from infancy. When we let the, the, the three-month-old miss a feeding so that she can learn to sleep through the night, that's called giving space. When we let the 18-month-old learn how to walk and fall on the floor, and we know he's going to fall on his face, we let him because that's how you learn how to walk. And incrementally, as parents, we allow them to take bigger and bigger risks. We don't let a three-year-old learn how to figure out how to cross the street by themselves because that's not a risk we're ready for them to take. But the eight-year-old, we do. And at each juncture in life, you as the parent have to decide, is this the time, is this the place for this child to run the risk of learning this particular lesson the hard way? You know, the 12-year-old who comes to you and says, my assignment is due tomorrow and I didn't do it and it's 10 p.m. You know, do you stay up and let them do the, the, the assignment? Do you, do you do it with them? I mentioned somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but I, I said recently, you know how I learned how to write? I, I never spoke about this before, but I, I, oh, you know where I mentioned it? We have a monthly parenting chizik group for my alumni. I have over a thousand people who took the parenting course. So from the alumni, there's a special group, Yechide Segula, who sign up to have monthly refreshers. So at the past monthly chizuk shir, I, I mentioned something. How did I learn how to write? My mother, Zolgazunzain, would sit with me and write my assignments with me. She would sit at the keyboard because I couldn't sit. And she would have me dictate to her. And she would type, not necessarily everything I would say. She would make it a little bit better. But, and I, but I couldn't leave the room. I had to stand there. So you could say, oh, she was doing it for me. Well, to a certain extent, she was doing it for me. But I was, you know, I was Mishamish. I had my apprenticeship that way. And by the end, what happened? I learned how to write. <laughs> now I know how to write. So you have to use judgment, keen judgment. By the way, in Kabbalah, Gvura, self-restraint, is also called din, which is judgment. You have to make a judicious decision when to practice self-restraint. It takes judgment, keen judgment to say, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to let this kid run the risk of failing this and, and learning this on, uh, 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 the hard way. Or you make a decision, you know what? I'm going to hold his hand. I'm going to do it with him. Or I'm going to do it for him. <laughs> it's a case-by-case decision with the end goal being precisely what you said, where the child will learn all the life skills completely autonomously on their own. But we do it incrementally. We do it. It's a process. And it, we do it over a long period of time. And, 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 and in order to do it properly, you have to strategize and you have to plan. Hey, Rabbi Tab, I want to end with this last question, then we're going to go to closing. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's so much more to talk about. We got so many emails. Um, but I think we should end with this question, and then we'll make sure we'll go to the closing, and we can leave the element of the at the end. With today's wealth of awareness on how to parent effectively and the dangers of toxic parenting, many of us parents are left with guilt and heaviness as well, the anxiety of trying too hard. To some of us, parenting feels like a game of whack-a-mole. And we just can't keep up with all the demands and all the needs. We're still working on ourselves and juggling parnosal stresses and social pressures and the worry that we might be doing it all wrong after all. How can we ease that guilt and remind ourselves that it does take a village to raise a child? And the reality is that parents aren't the only vi- variable in raising successful children. Okay. 
So I'm going to take exception with something there where you said it takes a village and which is not a Jewish statement, not a Jewish source. And the parents are not the only factor. I hear what you're trying to do. You're trying to ease your guilt. Uh, don't ease your guilt that way because <laughs> I disagree with the premise. I think parents have to look at it like Bishvili Nivra it's like I am it like my child. I'm not looking to anyone, not looking to the teachers. I'm not looking to the, to the, to the community, to the abundant. I have to do it. I have to do it. But in response to the guilt, look, you're also a child. You're also a child. You're a parent, but you're a child. You're a child of a shame. And you're imperfect. And your father loves you. We're going to make mistakes. That's a given. But you know what? Hopefully, we listen to a share like this, talk to friends who are like-minded, who also want to improve, and we make less mistakes. You have to be compassionate. You have to be gentle with yourself. And the guilt's not going to serve you well, and the guilt's not going to serve your child well. Don't worry about the guilt. We're going to all make mistakes. But if we can just try to parent a little bit better, a little bit more mindfully, a little bit more spiritually, we can be proud of that. We can be proud of that. And we have to be humble enough to surrender the all or nothing thinking. It doesn't have to be perfection. It won't be perfection. Just one thing every day that I did a little bit more selflessly, a little bit more spiritually, where I was able to really connect to my child and be there for my child. And to, to treasure that, to savor that, and don't beat yourself up about the stuff you did wrong, especially the stuff in the past, which you can't take back anyway. And uh, that's, by the way, one of the biggest things we can teach our children. If you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for your child. You have to teach your child how to live with themselves when they mess up. One of the biggest things you can model for your child is that we're imperfect, we make mistakes, and we move on. We try to do things better. Tomorrow's another day. Unmute. You have to unmute. Rabbi Tal, beautiful. Let's go to closing. And for those that joined us tonight, the gracious Shkoyach, Rabbi Shay Tal, coming on tonight and giving us so much eye-opening, clear concepts and chizik. And Hashem, all the thousands and thousands of people Hashem, that will listen to this, they should have uh, they should take out at least one thing from tonight and try to better parent whatever works for them. You know, something that they could really take down. And make it Lamaisa. And uh coming on Rabbi Tav, we could speak about this, I think, another 25 hours, right? Easy. Five and week course. That's right. That's why there's a course. Okay, again, tonight's share is share 107. Again, if anybody wants to get the WhatsApp flyers every Sunday, you can WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. And I will send you every Sunday the flyer, or you can go to menachembernfeld.com and you can sign up for the weekly emails. Again, for anybody who's here the first time, every Sunday night, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we have this, we have a share here live on Zoom, many different topics, different abonim. Next Sunday, that's Shem, July 3rd. We're gonna have an amazing share with Rabbi Yosef Shapiro. He's a rabbi in Georgia, he's a young guy. He's Talmud Rabbi Berkowitz. And his topic, it's a book that just came out, and um, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, everywhere he speaks, I'm hearing tremendous things about him. It's called In It Together, Growth Through Challenge, Infertility, Suffering, Challenge, Hope, Encouragement, and Support. 
he seemed he went through infertility and his whole story it's an amazing story which i don't know it and um and it's it's negated to everybody obviously if you have any issues infertility it's for sure for that but just in general any challenge that people are going through things what how he learned how to deal with it and how he grew from it and his whole mahalo for him and his wife it's unbelievable so please come and join us it's going to be a very very deep and powerful um shia again rabbi tab i'm just gonna say what i know about the parenting correct me if i'm wrong okay Rabbi Tavis's parenting workshop is starting July 13th through August 17th. It's every Wednesday. It's 12.30 to 2 o'clock to women and 8.30 to 10 o'clock at night for men. Um, and he's giving a 10% coupon. Let's get real. It's 10% for that. There's couples together. It's also 10% for Rabbi Tavis, but it's stackable. So you could double stack them. Um, again, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, great, a great thing if everybody could join. Uh, Menachem will email the information about the shear. Um, afterwards, um, you know, where to sign up and everything, go to his website, soulwards.org. It has all the information over there. And um, we could definitely do that. Did we lose Rabbi Tao? Nahum? We'll be back soon. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> You'll go first anyway. Okay. And uh, everything again is recorded on Menachem Berkel.com. If there's any questions, can please email coachmenachem at gmail.com. Um, and if he's not here, you could just you can just wrap up everything. So well, give 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 the the Oilam the code for the ten percent off. I think it's let's get real. Get real ten. Oh, get real ten. I'm sorry, get real ten. Yeah, get real ten. And their code, and you can get get it on his website. Menachem, you'll email out the information also anyway, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, again, I want to thank all the advertisers and sponsors: the Lakewood Scoop, Rabbi Yenit Chazak, Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central. Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN for always promoting us on all the Jewish platforms and Mika Sofer from COL Live. And tonight was an unbelievable share. Tremendous feedback so far. Everybody's texting me. And Menachem, it seems like you're, 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 you're the closer. You're the closer. Yeah, I'll talk two minutes till if, he, if he wants to come back. Yeah. So I would want to give him a thank you if he's going to listen to the recording. But I do want to mention he did talk about it, the, the inner child. And I think it's a very important concept. Like we discussed, the same way you, if you have a stable, if you had a stable parent, you felt stable, that's the relationship you, you're going to have or you have with Hashem. The same way you're going to parent, the same way you parent your kids is the way you parent your inner child. And I know not everyone is aware of that inner child that we have, but we all have inside of us that little kid that five-year-old, eight-year-old, what we were when we were young and the way it dealt, the way we grew up, whatever, everybody with their own stories. And the same way we look at our inner child, the way we relate to that inner child, that's the way we relate to our kids. And for those who are not aware of their inner child, it's, it is work. And some people pick it up in therapy and uh, wherever it is to understand what's really inside of me. So that means my adult self could say, yes, I know the truth, I believe, and I know what to do. But there is something inside, deep inside of us, that when things come up, we get emotionally triggered and things are not working the way it should, even though we know the concepts, we know the logic. And that's really the inner child inside of us. And like Rabbi Taub mentioned, the, the, the guilt, we do make mistakes. How do you relate to yourself when you make a mistake? And it's very important because you're not going to be able to give it over to your kids 
if you can't do it with yourself. And again, not everywhere, everybody's aware of their self. And it is work, not always so easy. So, so now that Rabbi Tab is back, I want to thank you for the clarity and for putting down the, I guess, beginnings of, for many people, yes, it is hard, turning around the ship, it takes time. It, it not, doesn't happen overnight and it could be slow, but just by getting the concepts and doing one step at a time, that itself will emit Hashem um, change the cycle of Mitzvah Shem. Shkoyach. All right, Tal, welcome back. Can we, start, yeah. can we start the show from the beginning? Yeah, let's start over again. Let's start over. You know, we were talking about just as what happened is that my laptop crashed and my whole system, everything runs on that laptop. So I have to figure out later what happened. We were talking about imperfection. So this is just, this is just life. This stuff happens, whatever. So anyways, I'm back on another device. Rabbi, Rabbi Tav, after such a beautiful share, such a powerful share, I mean, so many texts and everything. You wrap it up. We spoke about your course. We spoke about signing up and how it's so good diet. It's amazing. And I I said, the point of tonight's share, everybody should watch this, all the thousands, as much as thousands of people that watch it. They should take on one small baby step to parent better, to have a better relationship, to grow from this. And obviously, they can grow from that much more, but at least clutch from them a growth. Let's let's leave it a closing up. So my step is a physic for the oil. I'll, I'll tell you like this. You know, when, when Bnei Yisrael was in the Midbar, they used to march in formation. They had different shvatim. And Shevet Don would march in the back. And they were called Masakol Amachnais. They were the gatherers of all the, the camps, which means that if anybody lost uh, an article, somebody dropped something, so Sheva Dunk, because they were bringing up the rear, they were in the back, so anything that anyone from the from the other Shvatim dropped, Sheva Dunk would pick it up, and then when they would camp, that was the lost and found. Sheva Dunk was the lost and found. There's also a concept that in history, if you think about Jewish history as like a chain, from the Aves up till the present day, this door is the Shevet Don, is the massive Kolomachnes of history. We're here, we're not the highest, we're the lowest, but we're here to pick up stuff that was lost. We're here to reclaim the love, the compassion. Golis has taken a toll. But we're in the last days of Golas. So we're getting ready for Mashiach. And one of the main ways we prepare for Mashiach is by reclaiming love and tenderness and gentleness and compassion for our children and reinstating that in the Jewish family. So we're not the highest, we're the lowest. And our, and our parents and our grandparents are far greater than us. But we're here to claim the lost objects. So whatever's a lost object in your family, Pick it up, claim it, run with it. And um, it's a shem. That should be one of the last things that's required to bring Mashiach. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for joining tonight. And that's we'll see you next Sunday night, 9.30, with Rabbi Yosef Shapiro. It's going to be an unbelievable program. Please join us. Rabbi Taub. Good night, everybody. Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly, monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes. 
and it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance.